grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In our gospel reading from two Sundays ago, the Sunday known as Passion Sunday, Jesus said the devil was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own, for he is a liar and the father of lies. As Jesus said, when Satan speaks, he speaks out of his own. That, he, that is, he speaks out of his own way, out of his own nature, out of his own character. His way is that of lying, for that is who he is, nothing but a liar. He lied to Eve as he tempted her and said that she will not die if she eats the forbidden fruit. He lied as he deceived her into helping her think that this fruit looks good to the eye and that she should go against the word of God and do as he is suggesting to her. And then when Adam and Eve had eaten of this forbidden fruit, they sinned, hearing the lies of Satan, and they brought the world into sin. With sin came corruption, and with corruption and sin came death. Yet God made an amazing promise to Adam and Eve, even after they had sinned, this grave sin, bringing the entire world into corruption and sin. He promised to them a savior who will come from her seed, that is, who will be born of a virgin within their own lineage. And in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons, as, we, as it is written in Galatians 4. God the Son was born in Bethlehem for a purpose. He rode into Jerusalem on a donkey on Palm Sunday for that same purpose. He came into this world to die, bearing the world's sin in his own body, taking the full blame for all that has gone wrong, all the world's sin, all that you and I have done. He has done it. He has borne this sin and he has made the ransom payment for our sin through the shedding of his innocent blood on our behalf. When he went to the cross, he suffered hell there, for he endured the wrath of God, being forsaken by his Father. Yet he also defeated Satan on the cross, and there Jesus atoned for our sin and turned death upside down, so that death for us as Christians is but a sleep in which we are tucked in to await the glorious resurrection on the last day. Despite this reality, Satan has been busy lying ever since the fall of mankind into sin, hoping that some will give an ear to his lies, that they may be deceived and misled into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Satan's goal is to deceive by lying, to get us to join him in spreading lies so that he 
can work toward destroying our earthly lives and the route that we have to our eternal home and to get us to join him in the eternal torments of hell. Therefore, Jesus warns against Satan and the lies of Satan. We must not look at Satan's fiery attacks as if they are but fairy tales which have no bearing on our lives. We must not pretend that everything that we have in our life is all in order because of how great we are or how wonderful we feel that we have been. We must recognize that we still live in a fallen world where Satan is shooting his fiery darts, seeking to tempt us, seeking to turn us away from the truth of God and his word. And so we must fight against these temptations that we face, and we do so by standing on that word of God. For God does not lie. He does not even make mistakes, and he never fails. That the Son of God was nailed to the cross this day was no mistake of God, but it was by his design so that we can be reconciled to him. The word of Jesus is truth, and when you abide in it, you are his disciples. We'll hear more of the truths of Jesus' word and his comforting words in a little bit. Now, if Satan speaks lies, what about us? What about human beings? Well, the scriptures do declare all men are liars. And the lies that we may speak can be outright lies. They might be half-truths. And they may even be true statements intended to deceive. We lie because we have inherited the sinful flesh. We are all sinners. And so Jesus went to the cross to pay for our sin. Now, according to our sinful human flesh, our desire is to sin and to speak whatever words are the most convenient for us at the time, whether they are truths, half-truths, deceptions, or downright lies. But according to our new man, as we have been made into the new walk as as we now walk in the newness of life as Christians who are baptized into Christ we desire to speak the truth especially the truth of God's word god god teaches us his truth as it is recorded in the bible and so we study it we learn from it we rejoice in his truth and as Jesus says, his truth sets us free. For through the truth of God's word, God the Holy Spirit is present to bless us Christians with saving faith. Faith which joyfully hears the voice of our good shepherd. Faith which clings firmly to Jesus' words. Faith which desires to grow in Christ. Yet even for us as new creatures baptized into Christ and adopted into his family, there can be trouble. Bad advice may be given by well-intended but uninformed Christians. And Jesus warns against the temptation of the Gentiles when he said, 
And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they, ha they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. In contrast to these are the words of Jesus. He is the word made flesh, and the word that he speaks is true. And when you consider the words that Jesus speaks on the cross, seven brief sentences or seven words of Jesus, you will see that when he speaks, he speaks in love. He speaks the truth. He speaks with compassion. That is, when he speaks, he speaks out of his own. He speaks out of his own nature, his own character, his own being. And so tonight you will hear the words that Jesus says on the cross as we darken the church. The first word that he says is astounding. He prays for his enemies. He says, Father, forgive them. As they mocked and insulted him, Jesus prays for them. How about you? When people mock and insult you, treat you spitefully, someone who may be your enemy. Have you prayed for him? If you've had conflict with somebody, have you prayed? Father, forgive them, as Jesus did with love and forgiveness. And then Jesus comforts the thief on the cross, saying, today you will be with me in paradise. The thief is not condemned even though he's a thief. He's a criminal. He's done something deserving of death. And now Jesus says, he will not die, but he will live. For he is being granted salvation. The same salvation granted to us sinners who are no better than that thief on the cross. And then Jesus reveals his love and fulfills his station in life as a son. He ensures that Mary receives safekeeping from John, the apostle. Also, that is for us to do, to fulfill our various vocations and to do so in love, taking care of those needs and those people whom God has placed in our lives around us. And then Jesus prays. He prays Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He is forsaken by his father because he is bearing the sin of the entire world. He is suffering the wrath of God, and yet he prays. Sometimes we find our lives, our place in life, to be such that we are in such deep distress we do not even know what to pray. But Jesus still prayed even while he was hanging there on the cross, he prayed a psalm. Jesus has given us words to pray, the Lord's Prayer. The hymn, the prayer book of the Bible, which is the Psalter, those words are given for us to pray. There are many prayer books and devotional books. Our hymnals include many prayers. There is much for us to pray. And then Jesus reveals his humanity. 
He is God, the only begotten Son of the Father. And yet, while he suffers on the cross, he thirsts, showing that he is truly human. And when he rises, he rises again as truly human. He is our God, begotten of the Father from all eternity, and he is true man, born of the Virgin Mary. And as he is dying, Jesus announces his victory, declaring it is finished. He had shed his innocent blood, paying for all sin on the cross, reconciling sinners to our Father, objectively declaring the world to be not guilty. And then he declares, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, dying in peace in the Lord, receiving, having earned for us our eternal salvation. These seven simple sentences can give us enough to ponder, not just for this evening, but for the weeks ahead. They not only serve as, as examples for us, but they especially teach us about who Jesus is and what he has come to do. He is our forgiving Lord, our reconciling Lord, our loving and caring Lord, our concerned Lord, our praying Lord, our human Lord, and our victorious Lord. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as you consider the bitter sufferings of our Lord and his death, that you would do so in holy awe, knowing that he has done this all for you, in love for you. He has shed his blood for you, and he grants you life. Have a blessed Good Friday. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.